The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. And it doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. I'm glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Mm, yeah, her verbal and her nonverbal cues were not in sync. Talking about listening to my radio show, which I'm going to assume was an IQ-raising experience, and then she giggled. Inappropriate affect is what we would shrinks call that. Anyway, nice to have you with me here. Doctor is in is the name of the program. Uh, you all have various names. I just have one, Ray Garendi. It's my name. Somebody asked me once. I asked somebody asked my mom. You know, why did you name him Raymond? Which, interestingly enough, and my mom was, at a, was Italian, and um, she had a good sense of humor, and she wasn't really worried about my delicate self-image. That's why you have to wonder why I uh, <clears throat> I don't seem to have such a delicate self-image. Somebody asked mom, "Why'd you name Raymond?" She said, because we couldn't spell blech. And I said, oh, come on, Ma. <laughs> that was my mom. I knew she loved me and she could joke like that and it wasn't a problem. And I know some of you are thinking, that's terrible. Well, it is terrible because she never said that. I used it as a joke for the program. So I, I thought it was cute. 877-573-7825. 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call to get on to the program. Program is call in. Oh, gosh, I can't tell you how many email I get. Can I say mail? E-persons? E-people? Yeah, because that's got sun in it. I get that says, hey, have this guest, have that guest, have this guest. There's a lot of wonderful shows on the Catholic networks here that have guests, great guests. Uh, You are my guests all these years, all these many years. And I got to tell you, I got to thank you. Because you have helped me understand some things I didn't understand. And you have helped me, I guess, develop some conclusions and some ideas about the various aspects of life. And then I wrote books about it, which was kind of cool because I made money off the backs of you folks, which was okay, right? I mean, I know you want your percentage of the royalties, but... 877-573-7825 is the number to call to get onto the program if you have a question about something in your life, or a comment about uh, a caller's life, or a generic question, whether it's psychology or or perhaps something in the faith that is perplexing you. I certainly don't have the skills of a lot of the apologists on some of the other great programs on these networks, but hopefully I can give you something to chew on. 877 573-7825, 877-57 equal. Now, here's something I've been doing, and you have to really question my credibility on this. I've been talking about 
the TV show tapings down in Birmingham, Alabama at EWTN. The studio's there. Wouldn't you like to see the EWTN studios? They're gorgeous. They're wonderful. They're extensive and phenomenal cutting-edge technology all over the place, plus the grounds, the chapel. There's just so much there. The bookstore. Well, I've been given the wrong date. Now, that's not too much of a problem because when you go to the website, you'll see the date. It's January 16th. I've been saying the 17th. It's the 16th, which is a Wednesday. We're going to try to do four shows, which I don't know. They'll probably have to drag me off after the third show. But I told them I want to do all my own stunts. I want no body doubles. We're going to tape four episodes of Living Right with Dr. Ray. And as you know, if you've seen the show ever, it has a live audience. And the live audience is as much a part of the show as I am. And as my producer Dick Russ is. There's no question. Without a live audience, there is no show. And the bigger the audience, the better. Because they ask more questions. They applaud louder. They are just full of more energy, which then translates into my energy level. So love to have you please am i begging yes i am but that's okay because you get the cewtn so even if my show's a dud you get a chance to be on ewtn i'm you know you folks in the quest area the atlanta your 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 big signal booms it booms probably almost all the way to birmingham so you could not have a very long drive go to ewtn.com that's really easy and then just a forward slash, Dr. Ray Live, Dr. Ray Live, and you can sign up for one, two, three, or four of the show tapings. They're going to be run during the day, January 16th. Won't be too late, and I would imagine, I don't know if there'll be snacks in between. I'll, I'll push for them. I will. So, I do thank you on that. Yesterday, <clears throat> I was speculating on some of the psychological aspects of our blessed lady as a young woman talking to an angel and uh, you know you i said god god just does things so very differently than we would do them the god of the universe becomes a baby and uh, basically the gospel of luke and you throw in the gospel of matthew uh, what do you got five six pages that's it <laughs> that's what our lord tells us about the infancy of the God of the universe becoming man. Now, me, I would want to know details, wouldn't you? Oh, I'd want to know all kinds of stuff. Well, how did Mary know it was a how did Mary know it was an angel? What did the angel look like? How scared was she? Did she ask other questions besides how will this be since I know not man? What was going on? Give us some more details here. Was it the middle of the night? Did she think it was a dream? Now I'd want to know all that stuff, and the Western mind probably would, but the Lord says, no, no. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Now, I came across this was sent to me by my brother-in-law. Augustine's Christmas Sermons. You know St. Augustine, born in 354 in Thagaste, I think I'm pronouncing that right, a Roman city in modern Algeria. He was initially a, a pagan. He rejected Christianity. He said it was intellectually empty. Oh, but of course, his mother prayed forever and ever and ever, and Augustine became a doctor of the church. Now, that's, now that is a real doctor, doctor of the church. 
He was a great preacher. This is part of his preaching on the, what would be the word, the, I don't want to say inconsistencies, the, the paradox, I guess, would be the better word. I'll read what he says, and you'll see. The one who holds the world in being was lying in a manger. He was simultaneously speechless infant and the word. The heavens cannot contain him, yet a woman carried him in her bosom. She was ruling our ruler carrying the one in whom we are, suckling the bread of life. The maker of man, he was made man, so that the director of the stars might be a babe at the breast. That bread might be hungry, and the fountain thirsty that the light might sleep and the way be weary from a journey, that the truth might be accused by false witnesses and the judge of the living and the dead be judged by a mortal judge, that justice might be convicted by the unjust and disciplined be scourged with whips, that the cluster of grapes might be crowned with thorns, and the foundation be hung up on a tree, that strength might grow weak, eternal health might be wounded, life might die. So then, let us celebrate the birthday of the Lord with all due festive gatherings. Let men rejoice, let women rejoice. Christ has been born a man. He was born of a woman. And each sex has been honored. Now therefore, let everyone, having been condemned in the first man, pass over to the second. It was a woman who sold us death. A woman who bore us life. Well, it appears that Augustine, too, was talking about the paradox of the way the Lord does things. God of the universe, a helpless baby. Think about that. I think in some respects that's partly why the religious leaders struggled at Jesus' claims for himself. They thought back. He was too. Probably didn't have all that much language. He was two. He was a toddler. Priest, well, I don't want to say preschooler. Pre-synagoguer. They couldn't wrap their heads around that. Just as Augustine was saying, wrap your heads around this, huh? Very life itself died. God doesn't do things the way we think he should. We have the benefit of looking back 
and seeing how it all unfolded. The folks at that time didn't. They were watching it unfold. So they had to try to digest all this. Some people say, oh, I would have much stronger faith if, if I was there at that time and I saw it all. I can't believe they didn't believe. Uh, well, it all depends. What kind of preconceived notions did you have about God and about the Savior? And those things are hard to overcome. Trust me. In many respects, it's easier for us. We know how the story ended. Imagine the apostles after traveling with him all that time and then watching the Romans kill him. How do you digest that, huh? That just doesn't fit. 877 573 7825. 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call to get onto the program. I would like to hear from you. I'm Dr. Ray. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. He was a pope, a saint, and a doctor of the church. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. Pope St. Gregory I the Great is one of only four popes honored as the Great. Among his many achievements was sending missionaries across Northern Europe, especially St. Augustine of Canterbury, who brought Christ to the people of England. In a pun, Pope Gregory called the English people angels. He died in 604. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. Are you longing to hear God's voice? Lord, teach me to pray. The free Ignatian prayer series will open your heart to His voice, to the peace you are seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy, knowing Jesus personally. Lord, teach me to pray is free. Go to lordteachmetopray.com, click on the red box, order the Lord, teach me to pray series now. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. I enjoy I enjoy listening to you. I don't always agree with everything. Now, Michael, you know if you don't agree, you're wrong. You know that, don't you? Not a very humble thing to say. And that has been used against me in the Humility Award competition. Oh, yeah, Teresa Tamio, Roy, Ray Royal. Yeah, they've, they've always been jealous of my humility. And uh, that those kinds of quotes appear. But fortunately, I have enough uh, a humble attitude all across the board to dwarf those kinds of, well, arrogant slip-ups. 
Nice to have you with me, Dr. Ray Garetti. Program Doctor is in, co-production of the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and Ave Maria Radio Communications. My producer, man, Andrew Kruchek, is down there. Well, no, no, it's not down there. It's up there. Up there, sort of, kind of, in Ave Maria Turf, which is Ann Arbor, Michigan, as long as well as my call screamer, Eric Dumont. Uh, I think uh, he has a son who is Tremont, and then his grandson would be Quadramont. So it's uh, just a, he has two monts. Two. It's from the uh, from the old Latin meaning two mountains. Look it up, Eric. Uh, okay. So we had we had calls regarding where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? Uh, Breakpoint. Chuck Colson. You remember Chuck, who spent some time in a federal prison. Over the Nixon Watergate, kind of seems, <laughs> kind of seems cute now, doesn't it? Um, but the Watergate incidents, Colson went to prison where he had his Christian conversion, and he was the author and the founder of Breakpoint, which offered an awful lot of comments about um, social circumstances as is it intertwined with religious faith. Good stuff. Well. Colson has since died some years back, but Breakpoint's still around. So it's breakpoint.org. It's an evangelical um, publication, but for the most part, they give uh, they give some awesome comments. Now, here's an interesting thing that I've often wondered about this. After this particular Breakpoint was written, and it took excerpts from Augustine's Christmas speech. <laughs> I don't know why they have to say this, but it's kind of like they're they're qualifying it. Well, you know, I don't want you to think we're too Catholic. They said, not everything in Augustine's Christmas sermons is as theologically clear. Huh. Now, I I don't know if they meant to say what I'm reading it as, but it would seem to me that they were saying, we don't necessarily agree with everything that Augustus said because he was very Catholic. Augustine said something like, the night of the Last Supper, our Lord took himself in his own hands. Ooh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. That's, that's not an evangelical view. So that's maybe their way of saying, okay, okay, just want, we just want you to know Augustine is a pretty smart guy, and he said some wonderfully... Christological things, but we don't necessarily agree with everything about this stuff. Yeah, I remember. I remember uh, a very high-profile. I won't mention any names. Evangelical Family Show uh, felt obliged when they had. Uh, I think it was. I forget what Catholic personage was on there talking about some things, and they felt obliged to qualify it by saying, "Of course, we don't agree on everything from a Christian perspective." I don't know how that came up. 877-573-7825. The lines are quiet. This doesn't usually happen. Uh, it does happen a lot around Christmas time. People are very busy baking cookies and getting stressed up. Getting all stressed up. I thought about that. Instead of getting dressed up, stressed up. Had an interesting thing happen to us on... Uh, it was Christmas Eve Mass, I believe it was. This is back when we had all the kids... All clumped together, I think probably age from 13 down to one, something like that, the 10 kids. They were they were pretty close together, 10 and 12 years. And we'd troop into Mass, and we would take up a pew and a half. And it was kind of rough 
because with my wife and I, we could only at any given time sit directly next to four children, one on each side, one on each side. That left six children out of arm's reach. Now, those of you with a passel of children know the danger in that. After Bass, we were leaving, and a woman came up to me, and she shook my hands. It felt like there were three cigarettes in her shaking my hand. Now, I was perplexed. I'm thinking I don't smoke. And as far as I know it, my seven-year-old doesn't smoke either. I hope not. Maybe at least filtered. I said, thank you, even though it probably wasn't my brand. And went outside. It was three $100 bills rolled up. And I should have. I should have caught on when she said, as she shook my hands, buy the children some Christmas gifts. Now, prior to that, some some weeks earlier, we had had a another woman come up to us and hand us $10 and said very pointedly, buy the children some clothes. Now, the reason for that was that our daughter Mary, when we adopted her, she was two, and she cut clothes. When we took all the sharp objects out of her little two-year-old, three-year-old reach, she found that she had teeth, and, and teeth can tear clothes. So some of Mary's clothes, and, and some of the other kids' clothes, because Mary went after the other kids' clothes before it could stop her. We had had rips in them. Now this was before rips was cool. We, we were we were years ahead of fashion cutting edge. And she gave us money. She said, "Buy the children some clothes." And she did that two or three weeks in a row. And my wife said, "Ray, you got to give the money back to her." I said, "Well, honey, no. It's just like you know, this offsets the money we're giving to the church. I mean, it doesn't offset it by." A lot, but it offsets it. Some says, you got right, you got to give it back to her. And I said, who am I to not allow her to be charitable this time of year? How is that possible? So when the lady gave us the $100, the $300, I remember thinking, hey, if she, that other woman, tries to pawn off 10 bucks on us next time around, she's going to get a piece of my mind. Wait a minute. That lady over there gave us 300 What are you doing giving us 10 but once again, my wife reined me in. 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call. I'd like to hear from you. There's some calls coming in here, so that's good. So we'll do that. And they're going to screen those calls. Uh, I wanna, I'd want to. i like to just make an observation here just before the break. I want to get this in. I don't know if I'd get a chance this week. After Mary was visited by the... Angel Gabriel. And I said yesterday, I said, how did she know that it was Gabriel? Um, we're going to assume the angel identified himself. I'm going to use himself just as for, for grammatical reasons, not theological ones. Because Luke says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel. That's all Luke said. Luke, Luke didn't say an angel came to Mary who identified himself as Gabriel. He just said the angel Gabriel. So you got to assume he got that name from somebody and probably the only other person he got it from was Mary. Given that, 
here's one of the things I've always wondered. Did Mary immediately go to her mom, Anne, and and tell her and and say, Mom, you're not going to believe what just happened? Or did she keep it to herself? And if she went to her mom, would her mom have immediately said, isn't this wonderful? Isn't this wonderful? I've been praying for this, Mary. I've been praying that you would be the mother of the Savior and it's finally come true. Or do you think mom might have said, uh, you were probably dreaming, honey. It was probably a dream. Mom, it was so real I was wide awake. I know dreams can seem like that. Think about that. i got to ponder that. Would you do it? Your kid came to you and said, hey, an angel came to me. Would you say, cool. What did he say? You'd probably think, okay, it's a dream. All right, there's a bunch of questions just came in. Thank you, folks, for doing that. I mean, I could have talked the whole hour, but apparently a number of you didn't want me to. 877-57-EQUAL. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. There's so many issues that need to be discussed when we're looking at this continuing problem of mass shootings. At the heart of it is what's going on with the human person, though. Father John Mercado brings up deaths of despair in great detail in his beautiful Rescue Project series. Or so many young people now, or with that survey pre-COVID, were talking about how desperate they felt, how lonely they felt, how isolated they felt how suicidal they felt. And then we had a recent survey come out from the CDC looking at a similar case with young girls. And this feeling of desperation and loneliness that despite everything they had access to and what they could do with their bodies, this so-called freedom, the world's version of freedom that shoved down our throats every single day, they're still not happy. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on EWTN Radio. When we say, Thy will be done as it is in heaven, what are we asking of our Father? The Catholic Catechism explains that God desires for all men to be saved and to come to know the truth. He does not wish anyone to perish. In His Son, Jesus Christ, and through His human will, the will of the Father has been perfectly fulfilled once for all. The Lord made this clear on entering public ministry. I have come to do your will, O God. Only Jesus can say, I always do what is pleasing to him, even unto death, as he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but yours be done. Thus we ask our Father to unite our will to his sons in order to fulfill the Father's will. By prayer, we can discern God's will and receive the endurance to carry it out. Jesus taught that one enters the kingdom of God not by speaking only words, but by doing the will of his Father in heaven. I'm Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Hang 10. I asked somebody what that was, what the hang 10 mean. Apparently, and Bear Wozniak tell you this, uh, you, you, it was a particular surfboard move where you basically hung your toes, your upper part of your foot, over the front of the surfboard. Now, Bear has asked me a couple times if he was going to give me some lessons on surfing, and I said I wanted a surfboard with training wheels. So those of you in Hawaii who listen on our affiliate in Hawaii and you know Bear is around a lot, you tell him I said that. I'll take up 
surfboard riding when he can get me aboard with training wheels. Pete from Canton, Ohio. Hi, Pete. Yeah. How are you doing today? Good, sir. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I was watching TV last night, and something popped into my head, and I wondered if you had an answer for this, especially in political ads. But even in regular commercials and stuff, they use a lot of slow motion. Why is that? Is there a psychological reason for that? Well, first of all, Pete, I don't want to be hypersensitive, but I'm offended by something you said. Okay. You, You said, I wonder if you have an answer for this. That shows doubt about my ability to have an answer. Well, I figured... You're the guru of the gray matter. I figured if anybody had it, you'd have the answer. Ooh, I like that. The guru of the gray matter. I like that. The wimp of the white matter. Okay. <laughs> there for a second, Pete, I have a son who uh, is from North Canton, Ohio. He lives in North Canton. And his name's Pete. And I thought, is Petey calling me? I can only speculate on why they would alter the input into your eyes through slow motion. My guess would be anything that changes the actual flow of the image would somehow grab more attention. Okay. Or or, or it allows you to focus on it longer. You know, if you've seen, you watch movies, and sometimes in movies, if there is a scene that they want to emphasize, everything's in slow motion, right? Okay. I guess it gives you time to digest it more fully as you're because TV and, and commercials are flash, 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 flash. I mean, they just shoot by you. The average commercial has what? In a 30 second spot, you probably got 37 different images coming at you. Boom, 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 boom. So right. anything that slows that down, I guess they're trying to emphasize pay closer attention to this okay hadn't thought that's, of that but that's, that's a that's a guess i mean that's that's a guess right okay the guys well, that you know I, I appreciate pete i wonder Go if ahead. there's anybody listening who is involved in broadcasting or images or technology uh, i know we have some at who could could give us a call and say this is the reasons we do this this is why we slow down the whole input of the commercial, the TV, whatever it is. I would love to hear it. Yeah, so would I. Very and good. one Thank thing, I, Pete, one thing I would yeah. love to hear even more is if they would say, Dr. A, I was offended by Pete too because you gave the answer that was correct and he was wondering if you had the correct answer. That's the only thing I'm going to say, Pierre, Pete. Well, I, I, it's all I can say is, you know, I'm human. I make mistakes sometimes. All right. I'm going to let it go. I will forgive All right. you. All right. <laughs> Thank hey, Wait. Hey, Pete. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Yes, sir. Yeah. I will forgive you. Uh, I think I'm going to have to change this channel. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call, Pete. Merry Christmas. Thank, thank you. Merry All Christmas. Right. All righty, sir. <laughs> uh, Dr. Ray, don't be so ridiculous. Teresa from Oregon. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Dr. Ray. Thanks for the call, dear. What part of Oregon, by the way? I live in Eugene. Eugene. You know, 
see, the capital of Oregon, don't tell me, is Salem, right? Capital is Salem? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was one of those capitals that when you were memorizing the capitals was a tough one. You know, people go, oh, Portland. Portland's the capital. No, no, not Portland. Not Portland. Well, thank Do we have an affiliate in Eugene? Uh, yes, KBBM. All right. right. Oh, okay. So that's that's coming out of Portland, so you can pick that up. That's right. Yeah. Oh, well, thank well, you for listening. They have a translator or whatever down here. Yeah. So they'd have um, to translate everything I say? <laughs> okay. Right. Um, so anyway, um, I have a question. I like to send out lots of Christmas cards, and in the past I've always sent a letter to the parents and addressing this uh, son. And um, they, this son is now older and is in a homosexual, quote-unquote, marriage, and um, I'm going to actually see them in person this year. I haven't done that for many years. So I was just wondering if I should address the card to the, my relative, to my nephew, or address the card to both of them. Who? Well, you're only going to get my opinion on this, and I'm not really sure there is a a particular moral teaching that would be specifically applied to something like this. In other words, the question becomes, if you have two same-sex-attracted individuals in a union that has been civilly connected, in in having some kind of acknowledgement to both of them, are you basically acknowledging that union? Uh, Boy... I don't personally think that. Uh, if it were me, and you have always sent cards to this young man, and now he's with somebody else of the same sex. Well, actually, I would send cards to his parents. So you've never sent a card to family, him. so he oh. would get a copy okay. of the card or whatever. Well, here's so the question: or not, He read it or not? I don't know. But anyway, why do you feel now I do that he? Send, like right now, it's like I do send cards to all my. Uh, nieces and nephews who are like out on their own. Oh, okay. That was my next question. I was going to say, well, now that he's out on his own, I mean, I don't send cards to my nieces and nephews. I send them to their mom and dad, and now they're on their own. I don't really send them. So you say, I'm doing it to everyone, um, and if I don't do it to him, maybe he'll get wind of it, maybe he won't, but that will be another sign that he views me as kind of the religious, narrow-minded bigot, right? Mm. Okay. I don't think there's any problem with just simply saying, you know, may, may the Lord find your heart. You know, get a, get a good card that really says what you want it to say. May the Lord find your heart and draw you ever closer to him. So, you know, something like that that's more or less saying, um, I'm hoping you're thinking about the relationship that you're in, and in a very gentle way. But I don't think, I don't think, Tracy, if you're asking me, if I send him a Christmas card, am I applauding the situation he's chosen to be in? I, I don't think so. But but you raised a bigger question. You said I haven't I haven't seen or acknowledged him in several years. Why is that? Well, actually, I have seen him, um, but it's not at Christmas time. Um, we've uh, you know our daughter got married earlier this summer, and so he was invited, and his friend was invited, and um, so yeah, so I've seen him, but not you know in this situation where we're sending him a card specifically. Well, your daughter invited him and his friend, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she didn't think that that would be inappropriate for both of them to come from her perspective. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, I again, if you're asking my opinion, Teresa, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with sending a card 
that would say something to the effect, you know, may the Lord watch over you and draw you closer to himself. This is Dr. Ray. Sixty on ten with Monsignor Charles Pope. The tenth commandment: You shall not covet your neighbor's goods. This commandment is similar to the ninth because it uses the word covet, which means to inordinately or inappropriately desire something. And therefore, related to this are concepts that are familiar to us, such as greed or avarice, which is the undue passion for riches and power. Likewise, envy and jealousy are related here. In jealousy, you have something that I want, but I want it inappropriately or excessively. Envy, however, is a very dark thing because it wants to destroy that which is good in another person because it makes me look bad by comparison. And so in all these ways, the Lord is asking us to look very carefully to our desires because they can grow too expansive and lead us into very grave sins. The Tenth Commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's goods. For more about the Ten Commandments, visit EWTNRC.com. We have something that stands in utter contrast to the lies of this world. It's called the Word of God. The Word of God is what demolishes all that sets itself up as an opponent to the good, the true, and the beautiful. All that sets itself up as an opponent to Christ Jesus. The Word of God is given to us so that we have something to hold on to that's true in all circumstances. We always have a place where we can wash ourselves in the regenerating waters of Scripture. We have a place to retreat to where we can cling to what is true. The Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and spirit, of the joint and the marrow, and it's judge and critic of the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In as we're coming up to Christmas. The God of the universe. I mean, come on. Wrap your head around that. They estimate that, first of all, what we see in the universe is nowhere near the universe. Much of the universe is invisible to us or going over the horizon of the universe. And Furthermore, much of it's dark matter, which we can't see. And I saw a recent statistic, an estimation. The number of stars in the known universe probably are equal to or more than the number of grains of sand in the beaches of the world. Put your head around that one. And then the creator of all that becomes a baby. John from uh, New York. Hi, John. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome there, sir. So so I have a question about wealth and how much money is too much money. And I'm just thinking back down. I don't know if you know Dave Ramsey, for example. And he's, yes. 
his thing is you make a lot of money, but give back. But mm-hmm. even let's just say you, you have millions of dollars and you give up 20% to the poor, which is a, a generous amount, you're still a multimillionaire. Right. Yeah, thinking back to the Bible and what Jesus says to the rich man is to give up all your possessions. Um, so I'm trying to measure how much is too much, especially in light of being a father and having um, kids to provide for, and also trying to save up for retirement and being responsible. And where do you, is there a mathematical equation or what, what your guidance is on, because I live a very comfortable lifestyle and I, I just sometimes I feel like I'm not radically changing my life to follow Jesus' command. What's a very comfortable lifestyle, John? Uh, I have a house. <laughs> have a house. I have two cars. Um, I'm not in serious debt. And part of it's just the modern times that we live in. Um, but yeah, you know, I make like a hundred thousand a year. I, I don't know. It's, it's all very relative. Um, but I feel like I'm not giving up. I, I read the Bible and sometimes I think I'd be better off homeless. I, to, close, to be closer to God, I don't, maybe I'm reading it wrong, but I'm just not really sure where I stand with all that. And if I'm living a material life because I have so many earthly possessions and I'm not giving up everything. First of all, allow me, well, you don't have to allow me because I'm going to do it anyway, to compliment you. The vast majority, in my experience, of Christians do not even think about that. Their view is, I have it, I've earned it, uh, I can use it, and I will, I will be, I will be generous somewhat. I'll give somewhat. Uh, interesting statistic uh, of the Christian denominations, if you want to call a Catholic a denomination, for our purposes, we will. On average, who gives the least? I hope it's not Catholics. It is. Okay. It is. It's one and a half percent. So, given that, I admire you so much for even pondering these things. That said, I think you're looking for, as you said, a formula. All righty. Where will I cross the line into being a generous Christian? And do I need this car? Maybe we can get by on one car and, and my wife will have to stay at home until I come home and I can let her use the car right it all comes down to judgment my friend for example all right you make a hundred grand now at one time in our culture that was that was really well off it's not anymore right all right it's 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 it will enable you to pay the bills and to live comfortably according to american standards our standards are well above the world's given that so maybe what you might want to do is start asking questions. For example, do you really, no, I'm, I'm not saying you did. Do you really need to buy a $62,000 SUV that you'll make payments on for six years at $725 a month? Do you really need to do that? Or do you say to yourself, we need a vehicle, let's choose wisely, Maybe we'll pick something four or five years old, has a lot of life on it. We can get it for twenty-three thousand, and uh, therefore, you know, my payments will be done in a couple of years. I'll have a little more discretionary income to give to the church, to give to charities, 
That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. You, you, if we all did that as Christians, if we all weighed our decisions like that, the church would have so much more. We would be able to sponsor priests all over the world. The missions could have people that want to go and be sponsored. There'd be so much of that. Uh, your your observation that if somebody makes $32 million a year and gives 20% of it, he's given approximately $6.5 million. But he lives on he now lives on twenty six million. So right. you you could make the case of all righty. What are we saying here? If one says I am a follower of Jesus Christ, there's a book called Rich Christians in an Age of Hunger. Uh, you want to feel okay. guilty? Read it. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> I read it. Okay. Felt terrible. Um, okay. So I guess what I'm saying is. One of the things that has helped me, maybe the, 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 the formula that has helped me, is one, I, I ask myself, if I have extra income, I can give it away. So how will I have extra income? Well, I will, I will meet my obligations to my family. I mean, the, the church would teach you to do that. You have to meet your obligations to your family. Homeless dad right. is no good to your three kids. Right, that's extreme, but I get it. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. So, you you say to yourself, all right, how how much do we need? So you go to buy patio furniture, and you say, wait, well, you no, know, patio furniture, we got a patio there, and you know, some place to sit. Okay, you don't say to yourself, nope, 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 I'm not gonna spend any money on patio furniture. We'll just we'll just drag out the kitchen chairs. I mean, you could do that. I don't think it would be a sin to buy patio furniture. But do you need to buy fourteen hundred dollars of patio furniture? Maybe you can buy six hundred. And then not replace it for 12, 15, 20 years. We just got rid of our patio furniture just this, this past winter, and it was it was decrepit, man. But we'd had it for 20-some years. It was falling apart. So, okay. So, I'll get new patio furniture, and I won't feel guilty about it. But you you weigh those kinds of decisions. Um, okay. my, my one car is 15 years old, and my other car is 22 years old. All right. Hey. I think they're nice cars. I don't have any problems with them. Could could I afford a brand new vehicle? Yeah, I could. But I think to myself, if I did that, that just means I have less money to share. Right. So now, here's the other thing. Ramsey never talks about this, but I've heard uh, I've heard a lot of, of other Christian financial advisors talk about it. Give it away. In other words. Don't wait to say, do I have enough? Do I have enough? You say to yourself, no, I'm going to give this to the church. I'm going to give this to the missions. I'm going to give this to the local, whatever you decide. You give it away. And what you'll find is, I, I personally believe that we as Christians in America have, we, we live in a very nice standard of living. Very nice. All right. You have whole house air conditioning. You probably have three bathrooms. You may have a nice double garage, maybe a triple garage. So, so we we live. Many of us live very comfortably, very comfortably, and we don't question it. We say, "Well, I'll I'll give from my leftover what right. I have," rather than saying, "Let me let me start to ponder how much I give away." Uh, you know, you, you get uh, Ramsey or you get uh, some of the, the Christian advisors, they'll say 10% off the top of your 
of your income. So for you, that'd be ten grand a year, ten percent. Well, that's pretty good. I mean, it is. Yeah, you're that that puts you in the top ten percent of givers. That's for sure. But at the same time, you say to yourself, yeah, but, okay, that's that's an Old Testament minimum. Um, our Lord says, you got two coats, give it to somebody else. That's, that, well, whoa, wait a minute, that's 50%, Lord. What are you saying here? So I think it, it's a matter of asking more questions. How much do I okay. need? Do I, do I really need this? You know, we, we have a TV in our home, and, oh, heavens, the TV's much better than anything my mom and dad ever had. But it's uh, I think it's like 46 inches or something okay we got it for a couple hundred bucks all right so we got a nice tv but there is no way i'm going to go out there and pay 1200 bucks for a 78 inch tv i'm not personally going to do that i would feel wrong doing that that's me okay and i know there's people listening who have 78 inch tvs and are not liking what i'm saying but at the same time you got to ask yourself i'll share with you this thought i'm way past back i'll share with this my mom used to take collections at St. Anthony Parish, St. Anthony and Canton, Parish of Mother Angelica. She used to take collections. She, they count out the collections. And I asked her, this was some years back, but, but even at that, hey, Mom, how many 20s do you get? And she just looked at me like I asked, does the church have indoor plumbing? Right. She, she looked at me like, uh, no. <laughs> we don't get too yeah. many 20s. Now, I suspect that's changed in the years. But even at that, even at that, I think we Christians, we really got to. Well, I know I'm rambling on here, John. One more point. Our Lord spoke about acquisitiveness and greed and materialism more than anything else. To the neglect of others, to the neglect of others, more than anything else. So you're right. I, I respect you. I compliment you for even pondering these questions and just just ask when you do stuff. Okay. What's the balance? How do I take care of my family? How do I, how do I live a, a reasonably comfortable Western-style life, but yet at the same time can have to give? Okay. Great question, Thank John. You. Uh, God bless you. Thank Good luck. God bless you. All righty, sir. Way past break, Dr. Ray. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you feel as though life is flying past you? Are you desperate for a way to find moments of peace and quiet? Lord, teach me to pray. The free Ignatian prayer series will open your heart to his voice, to the peace you are seeking and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy, knowing Jesus personally. Lord Teach Me to Pray is free. Go to lordteachmetopray.com, click on the red box, order the Lord Teach Me to Pray series now. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. 
discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health-sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. I just wanted to listen to that whole rift. Rift? <laughs> Good, Ray. Riff. Thank you for joining me here in the doctor's in. I'm looking at the clock. Nowhere near enough time for another call. So I want to go back to just pondering a little more about the angel Gabriel's appearance to our blessed lady. She talked to him. You'll conceive in your womb and bear a son. And Mary said, how can this be? I don't have a husband. Now she was betrothed. And... You know what you do in marriage, but apparently Mary was saying, I I intend to remain a virgin all my life, a consecrated virgin. But she was talking to the angel. <clears throat> so I got to wonder if she went to her mother and said, Mom, this is what happened last night. What would mom's reaction be? Now, you know the standard mom reaction. Oh, honey, it was a dream. You were tired. You were sleepy. Especially, especially when Mary said, I'm going to bear the Savior. That's a pretty big dream. And you also got to figure, think about this. Joseph was going to quietly divorce her. So he didn't exactly initially think, oh, well, she must have talked to the angel. You say his name is Gabriel? This is what he told you? Oh, all right, okay, I didn't know that. As much as he probably, truly admired our blessed lady for her holiness, her God-seekingness, her full of graceness, he still didn't probably initially buy the idea that, oh, you're pregnant, and it's by the Holy Spirit. Well, why didn't you say so? So you figure if Joseph had that reaction, Mary's mother and father didn't go to him. Now, I'm just speculating, but just ponder this. Carry it out. Mother and father didn't go to him and say, we believe her. We think this is exactly what happened. This is why she's pregnant. We know our daughter. She wouldn't do anything like this. Now, even if they said that, apparently Joseph initially didn't buy it because he was going to quietly divorce her. And until he had the dream, which is interesting because he had the dream and he believed the dream, but Mary's was not a dream. Well, we'll talk more about this. I just find this stuff fascinating to think about. Thank you for joining me here on The Doctor is In. Walk with God. That is no dream. That is ultimate reality. 
For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook and Instagram. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.